Welcome to the official podcast of Apostolic Lighthouse. We'd like to thank you for listening today. We pray this message blesses you and encourages you to see that God is working in your life. Enjoy the message. Praise God. If you have your Bibles, let's turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8, or you can look at the screens. Ecclesiastes chapter number 8. Just going to read one verse, and that's verse 4. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Amen. Where the word of a king is, there is power. And who may say unto him, What doest thou? Amen. Let's just praise him one more time, and you may be seated. Thank you, Lord. We love you today. We worship you today. Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, one word from the king. Because really, that's all we need. Amen. You could be going through something for a long time, a long sickness, a long battle, a long relationship issue, a long uh, issue with just in life in general. Amen. Seeming like no uh, end in sight. Amen. But when it comes to the Lord, praise God, He's the King. And if we can just get one word from Him, it can change our situation. Just like that. Praise God. Praise God. You know, kings have ruled on the earth for centuries and millennia. Uh, the kings usually, you know, not so much today. There's not as many absolute monarchies. Uh, uh, there's kind of like what's in England. And, you know, we just seen the uh, passing of Queen Elizabeth where it's more of a ceremonial position now where they have a, a regular government as well. Uh, but uh, many times in the past, there was absolute monarchies. And that's the government that a king ruled in. And, a, and an absolute monarchy is defined as being un, as undivided rule or absolute sovereignty by a single person. A system of government in which there's only one ruler whose power is unlimited. And it's called a kingdom, an empire, a dominion, a principality, and a power. And the king and these kind of governments, these monarchies, had the last word. His word was the word. Amen. And his word was very powerful. And when he spoke, it would happen. Amen. The subjects in the kingdom would make it happen. And nobody would dare say to him, hey, what are you doing? Why are you saying that? Let's just say it could be very detrimental to your health back in those days. Because a king could show mercy and spare a person's life and say, you know, you, you live. You're going to be okay. You're all right. Or... He might say those words off with his head, and then it happened. So it was a very wise person in a, that, that uh, was residing in that kind of an atmosphere that would stay in the good graces of the king. Amen. And if you had the king on your side, then you're going to be all right. Praise God. Because a word from the king on your behalf would go a long way. Amen. If the king said something good about you and for you, amen, then everyone else has hands off 
Don't be touching that person. The, cats, the, the king's uh, uh, favor is on that person. Amen. We read in the Old Testament where there were, there were uh, wicked kings, heathen kings, amen, that didn't care for God's people or God's plan or even God himself, amen. And sometimes uh, they, they didn't like the, what God's people did, but just one but this one thing that God would do, then one word from that king would change everything, and that was a heathen king. One example is King Nebuchadnezzar. He was the king of Babylon. And Babylon back in the day was the rule, he was the ruler, Nebuchadnezzar, of the entire known world. Amen. And uh, that was the world power, Babylon. And Nebuchadnezzar sat on the throne of the kingdom of the world power. Amen. And then we read about the story of the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Now, they were three Jewish uh, men, and uh, those names, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, are the names we, re we re uh, are familiar with when we hear about the story of them in the fiery furnace. But that's their Babylonian names that they were given when they became captive with the rest of Israel. Their real names are Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. But these three Hebrew children, they were called children, but they were men, and there was a time when the king made this huge image of gold, like 60 feet tall. And he had everybody, and there was anybody uh, around this, this big thing in, the, in his palace area in the kingdom. And he had a big day where everyone was going to come and they were going to, he unveiled this statue. And he said, as soon as the music starts playing, everybody's going to bow and worship this image. That's what the, that's what he said. And he's the king. And sure enough, everybody's there. And of course, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were there. And they were advisors to the king because they had found favor, but they were Jewish. And they worshiped the only true God of the Bible, Jehovah. Amen. And so when that music started playing, everybody hit the dirt because the king said so. And that's what you do. You do what the king says. And these three guys just stood up. Nope. We're not worshiping a false god. We're not worshiping an idol. And then, of course, somebody in the crowd that's, uh, you know, not minding their own business, they look over and go, hey, if we got to do this, they got to do this. And they went and they ratted out uh, the three Hebrew children and they told on them. And the king called the three Hebrew children up to them and said, okay, guys, maybe you didn't understand the situation. I like you guys, and that's why I've made you kind of like advisors in my kingdom. But I'm going to give you one more chance. And so when, when I say hit it to the maestro and they start playing the band and the music, you better bow down. Amen. And he said, if you, and Daniel chapter 3 verse 15 said, but if you worship not, you shall be cast the same hour into the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? So that's what he said. And he's the king. Amen. And then the, the three Hebrew children didn't even wait for the music to play a second time. They said, King, you don't even need to have the music play. We're telling you, we're not going to bow. And if God delivers us, we're not going to bow. If God doesn't deliver us from you, we're not going to bow because we worship the one true God of the Bible. Amen. So you can imagine the king was not too thrilled about that. 
he, the Bible said he became in a rage and furious and he commanded the fiery furnace to be heated seven times hotter than it was ever heated. Amen. And he had his strongest soldiers. They, they tied those guys up with ropes on their hands and they put them in there with their hats on, their coats on and everything and their hands were tied and they opened that furnace door and they threw those guys in and that furnace was so hot because it had never been heated that hot that when the doors were open and those guys got thrown in, the fire came out and killed the soldiers that were throwing those guys in. But the three Hebrew children, there must have been some kind of a window in there at the top to be able to see down in that furnace. And the king and his advisors were watching and uh, he was just, you know, so mad. He goes, that's what, that's what you get for not worth. I told you your God's not going to do anything for you. And then all of a sudden, amen, he sees the three Hebrew children just kind of walking around in the fire. No, and not like screaming, not hurting, not anything. They were just walking around. And then he said in verse 25 of chapter 3, Lo, I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire, and they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Amen. Where'd that fourth guy come from? And what's going on with these three guys? And... The king said, hey, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, obviously uh, something's going on here. Obviously your God did do something for you. Come on out of the fire. They walked out of the fire and they had their hats and they had their coats. Uh, amen. And the Bible said in chapter 3, verse 27, the princes and the governors and the captains and the king's counselors being gathered together saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was an hair of their head singed, neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. That was a miracle. Amen. So see, when we stand up for what we believe, even in the midst of uh, very uncomfortable circumstances, God's going to turn it around because watch what happens now. Amen. He now, Nebuchadnezzar said in verse 28, then spake Nebuchadnezzar and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants and trusted in him and changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they might not serve and nor worship any god except their own god. Therefore, listen to this, here's one word from the king for you. Therefore, I make a decree that every people, nation, or language which speak anything amiss against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces. Their house shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort. Oh, praise God. Uh, got one more verse. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. You guys went from, I hate your guts, get inside the fire, get, you're out of my sight, to, hey, would you guys like a promotion and a, and a, and a raise? Amen. One word from the king. Amen. Now the Jews were in, see, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, and Daniel, and a bunch of the Jews, they were taken captive by the Babylonians, and they were in Babylon uh, against their will for 70 long years. And they were just wanting to know, when are we going to get out of here? What's going on? But you see, Babylon, 
they fell to the next kingdom that would take over, and that was the Medes and the Persians. They came and they 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 uh, conquered Babylon, and then the the first king that took power after that conquering was a guy named Cyrus, and now he was the ruler of the entire known world. But what's interesting is when he came to power, somebody and it is it is uh, uh, you know estimated or hypothesized that Daniel himself was the one that came and talked to Cyrus because Daniel was still there, amen, when Babylon fell. And he still was an advisor to the new king. And the history and tradition says that somebody pointed out to Cyrus and, and brought him the book of Isaiah and said, hey, did you know that you're mentioned in the book of Isaiah 150 years ago? And the king says, really? And by name, and the Bible said in Isaiah chapter 44, verse 1, Thus saith the Lord to his anointed, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held to subdue nations before him. For Jacob's my servant's sake, and Israel my elect, I have even called you by your name. I have named you, though you have not known me. Amen. And so he was read that passage, and, and he said, well, this is interesting. Amen. So a hundred before I was even born, before I even became, amen, the king of Persia, amen, it was mentioned that God was going to anoint me and raise me up into power, amen, for some reason. And Isaiah 44, 28 said, who says of Cyrus, talking about God, he is my shepherd and he shall perform all my pleasure, saying to Jerusalem, you shall be built and to the temple your foundation shall be laid. In other words, Cyrus read that he was in the Bible and that it was his job to let the people go back to Israel and build the wall of Jerusalem, build the city and build the temple again. Amen. Amen. So after 70 long years in a foreign land, it took only one word from this new king and everything changed for God's people. And they were let go to go back. And then we have one more story I'd like to share about these Old Testament kings and that is King Ahasuerus of, of, of the Medes and the Persians. It was a, another king. It was after Cyrus and then Darius and then, and then Ahasuerus came along. Amen. And um, so we read the story of the book of Esther. And uh, the, the, king's, the king Ahasuerus, uh, he kind of fired his queen because she, you know, we're not going to go into it, but she didn't do what he wanted and all that stuff. And you got to understand, back in those days, uh, even though the queen was, you know, his, his wife and the queen and everything, you know, the king was still absolute in these kingdoms. And so he let her, he let her go. I'm going to have to let you go. And he let the queen go. And then he, you know, kind of put out a proclamation. And then all these fair maidens came to interview for the job of a new queen. And Esther was one of them. And she was a Jewish girl, but she kept her identity secret because even in those days, the Jews uh, had some trouble with other uh, these other countries and these other situations and these other people. Amen. And uh, so Esther was chosen out of all these maidens of all the land, and she became the new queen, and yet the king didn't know she was Jewish. The king didn't know she was of Israel, that she worshipped the true God. Amen. And there came a time where there was an evil uh, advisor to the king named Haman, 
and uh, he didn't like uh, Esther's uncle who raised her, whose name was Mordecai. He didn't like the Jews. And so he had the king kind of trick the king into signing this proclamation. Hey, that on this particular day, we're going to kill all the Jews. And there's a, he said, there's a group of people in your, uh, in your kingdom and you, you don't need to worry too much about it. I'll handle it. You just sign here and we'll get rid of them because they're kind of rebels and they worship the other gods and they, they're not going to play in ball with your situation and what you want to do in your kingdom. And so we're going to just take care of them on this day like in a month from now. Okay, that sounds good. And he didn't know anything about it. And he just signed off. We're going to kill all of Esther's people. And so it was a kind of a rough situation. Amen. And Esther, see, Esther had not been before the king in 30 days. And back in those days, you know, you didn't just walk in to the throne room in these kingdoms. Nobody did. Even the greatest advisor to the king, if you weren't summoned, you didn't walk in unannounced and uninvited from anybody, even the queen. Can you imagine? You mean my own queen can't come? No, she couldn't come in unannounced because the law of the Medes and Persians, anybody that come in unannounced and uninvited is it's punishable by death. And so Mordecai found out about this plot against the Jews, her uncle. He called her out to the side and said, look, you need to go talk to the king and let him understand what's going on because your people are going to go down and this is a bad deal. She goes, I haven't been called for 30 days. I can't go in unannounced. He said, you better do something. You better get in there. Amen. And her uncle told her about it and so she said, okay, I'm going to fast and my maidens are going to fast and I want you to fast and all the people in Shushan, which is the city where the palace was, amen. And they fasted three days before she approached the king and the day came and this was it. She either walks in and she, you know, if he doesn't lower this golden scepter, it's bad news. It, the scepter means you're okay. Even though you're unannounced, come on in. Amen. And so Esther chapter 5 verse 2, it said, And it was so when the king saw Esther, the queen, standing in the court, she obtained favor in his sight. And the king held out to Esther the golden scepter that was in his hand. So Esther drew near and touched the top of the scepter. Then said the king unto her, What wilt thou, Queen Esther, and what is thy request? It shall be even given to thee, to the half of my kingdom. One word from the king. She, he lowered the scepter and said, what do you want, my queen? I'll give you half of my kingdom. And now she's going, all right. So as a result of this word from the king, the plot to destroy the Jews was exposed and dealt with and overthrown. The evil leader behind it, the guy named Haman, he was executed. And Esther's uncle Mordecai took Haman's spot and became the chief advisor of the king and became second to the most powerful man in the world. Amen. After one word from the king. Amen. Praise God. Esther chapter 8, verse 16, the Jews had light and gladness and joy and honor and in every province and in every city, whithersoever the king's commandment and his decree came, the Jews had joy and gladness, a feast and a good day, and many of the people of the land became Jews for the fear of the Jews fell upon them. Praise God. What a turn of events. One day they're all going to be killed and executed. The next day, amen, everybody wants to become a Jew. Everybody wants to live for the right God and be a part of God's people. After one word from the king. Amen. 
Amen. The prophet Isaiah foretold over 700 years before his birth that there would be a baby boy born whose name would be called the Prince of Peace, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and this baby would have a kingdom and a government which would have no end. Centuries passed until the time that the wise men came to King Herod, amen, from the east, having gifts and wanting to come, and they asked Herod, where can we find this baby that was born, the King of the Jews? We want to give worship him, and we want to give him gifts praise God and at the beginning of his earthly ministry one man called Jesus the king of Israel and during his triumphal entry into Jerusalem when he rode on that donkey that's Palm Sunday when they throw the palms and they throw the clothes and all kinds of garments on the way and they worshiped him amen and they said blessed be the king that comes in the name of the Lord <laughs> praise God When Jesus was brought before the Roman governor Pilate, he asked, uh, asked Jesus if he was the king of the Jews. And he said, well, you're saying so. He goes, I'm just at, telling, asking you because everyone's out there saying that, you, you know, that you're, be, you're being referred to as the king of the Jews. Well, he goes, yeah, I am. Amen. And so, of course, we know that he was sentenced to be crucified. And when he was crucified, there was actually a sign put over his head on the cross. And that sign said, this is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Even the, even the high priests and the religious leaders that are the ones that got Pilate to crucify Jesus, they said, don't say he's the king of the Jews. Say that he said he was the king of the Jews. Amen. And Pilate said, what I have written, I have written. In other words, you know what? I feel like that's what it needs to be. This is the king of the Jews. Jesus, praise God. Well, hallelujah. I'm talking about one word from the king. I'm talking about every one of us just need one word from the king every once in a while and more than every once in a while. Amen. Every time we're going through stuff, we need one word from the king. Every time we're unsure about stuff, we need one word from the king. Every time we don't know where to turn, every time it's, it's, we can't see which way to go, every time we're unsure about the future, we need one word from the king. Praise the Lord. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So he was crucified. We understand that. And he was put in a borrowed tomb for three days and three nights. And he rose from the dead. Amen. And he showed himself alive by many infallible proofs, the Bible said. And he showed himself to his apostles. Amen. And he came to his disciples, his apostles. And in Matthew 28, 18, he said, Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Amen. I got it all now. Praise the Lord. And I'm the king. Thank you, Jesus. And the Bible said in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 20, which he worked or wrought in Christ, we're talking about God when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places. 
far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named not only in this world but is also in that which is to come and he's put all things under his feet remember the definition of, of monarchy it was dominion and it was power and it was principality and it was might amen well Jesus is put above all of that there is no king above him amen he's the king of all kings Amen. Thank you, Jesus. Notice he set him on his, at his own right hand in the heavenly places. And let me tell you something, folks. God is a spirit. Amen. And his spirit fills heaven and earth. So the right hand is not a literal. There is no literal right hand of a spirit that fills heaven and earth that goes as far as you can go that way and as far as you can go that way, that way, that way, every way. There's no right hand of a spirit. Amen. So we have to understand when he sets that the right hand of God is a metaphorical and spiritual statement ind indicating the power and authority of God. Amen. So when he's at the right hand of God, he's got all power and all authority in the kingdom. Amen. So 1 Timothy 1.17 said, Now unto the king, talk about Jesus, eternal, immortal, invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. 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 Paul also told Timothy a little bit later in that book, 1 Timothy 6.15, which in time, his time shall show who is the blessed and only potentate, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, who only hath immortality dwelling in the light, which no man can approach unto, whom no man hath seen nor can see, to whom be honor and power everlasting. Amen. So the King of kings has all the power and the king of kings has all the authority. So just one word from him can change everything in our life in a moment's notice. Praise God. Because God's word is powerful. The king of kings, he's God and his word is powerful. Amen. In the beginning... In Genesis chapter 1, in the creation story, in the beginning, God said, He said, let there be, and it was. He said, let there be many times, and all the things He said, let it be, it came to pass. Amen. Amen. Hebrews eleven three said, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made which things which, which, things which are visible. Amen. In fact, that tells us that God makes something out of nothing praise God he takes the invisible and makes it visible praise God Romans 4 17 God calls those which things which do not exist as though they did amen he that's why he could say something in the old testament and then it happens in the future because he calls uh, those things that are not right now but it was just like it's happening because in his mind it is happening because he knows the end from the beginning Amen.
John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, with God, and the Word was God. All things were made by Him, the Word, and without Him was not anything made that was made, and the Word was made flesh. That's, that was the, the God coming in human form and dwelt among us, and we beheld His glory, the glory as He all as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Amen. His word is powerful. He is his word, and his word is him. Amen. And all we need is one of those words for us. Amen. And it's going to be okay. Colossians 1.16, For by Him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether there be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by Him and for Him. He is before all things, and by Him all things consist. Oh, we're serving a great God. We're serving the King of all kings. We're serving a king that was greater than any of the great pharaohs of Egypt. We're serving a king that was greater than any of the great kings of Babylon, Medes and Persians, the Greeks, the Romans, amen, any other kingdom of this world. He's the king of all kings. And I don't, I'm not waiting for a word from some other king. I'm waiting for a word from the king of kings. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Hebrews 4.15 said, For we do not have a high priest, talking about Jesus, who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Though he's the king of all kings, he knows what we're going through. Because he became one of us. He walked a mile in our shoes, so to speak. And so he knows what we're going through. And that's what grace is all about. Amen. Praise God. And so he, we, we don't have a high priest that cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Amen. We're tempted and we blow it. And then God has mercy on us and we ask for forgiveness and we get up and keep moving. But Jesus, he was tempted and he never blew it. He never messed up. He's perfect. That's perfect to be a God for us. Amen. And because he can sympathize with our weaknesses and because he was tempted in all points like as we are, he said, this is what we ought to do when we don't know what to do, when we are, uh, you know, up in the air and we're frustrated and we're, and we're just, uh, you know, wondering when this is going to get over and when we're going to turn the corner or when this is going to be better. Amen. He goes into the next verse. Let us, therefore, because he has a high priest that's looking over us. Because he sympathizes with our weaknesses. Because he was tempted like us. Let us therefore come boldly before the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Oh, praise God. Come boldly. Come boldly before the throne. Don't be shy. Don't, we don't, we don't, we're not serving an uncaring king. We're not serving a, a cold-hearted king. We're not serving a king who's insensitive for our situation. We are serving a king who's sympathetic to our weaknesses. Amen. And the Bible said, cast all your care on him, for he cares for you. Amen. Praise God. So let's come boldly before his throne. Amen. Let's come with confidence. Let's come with great faith and expectation. 
Let's come with humility and desire and hunger in your heart and soul. That's what prayer is all about. Amen. I'm talking about we got a king of kings on the throne and he wants to give us a word, but it's not just going to come out of nowhere for no reason. We got to want to hear a word. We got to get in his presence to get that word. And prayer is how we do it. We got to pray and get in the presence of God to hear that word we need to hear so he can touch us. So whatever we got to do, let's get in his presence so he can lower that scepter and speak words of hope and healing and help and speak words of comfort and calm and caring, certainty and conviction and courage. Amen. Praise God. Because the Bible said, John 15, 7, if you abide in me and my words in you, you shall ask what you will and it shall be done. I want a word from the king. John 14, 14, if you ask anything in my name, I'll do it. I want a word from the king. I'm going to pray in Jesus. Jesus name I want a word let's all stand let's all stand amen but notice he's sitting not on a throne of judgment right now he's not on a judgment throne right now amen he said come boldly before the throne of grace he's on a throne of grace right now amen hallelujah where we obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need you know do you need mercy this morning do you need you know what mercy is not getting what you deserve like somebody goes before the judge and they just plead for the the judge to have mercy even though they are guilty of something sometimes you know they'll go at the judge give me a chance i'm going to turn my life around and he will have mercy on him that's not getting what you do deserve but grace is getting what you don't deserve sometime praise god and you know what the one word for grace is favor that's what the definition if i just give you one word of the definition of grace favor it's the favor of god so let's come before his throne amen and hear life-giving life-changing words from the king of kings his word is power and there's no king above him there's no king beside him Amen. What he says will stand. What he says will happen. Nobody can stop. One word from the king. Amen. Oh, praise the Lord. What an incredible message. Thank you again for joining us on the podcast. And may God bless you.